Welcome to Unsigned 518. I am here with Carolyn Shapiro. Hey. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. And I've seen you play. Um, I saw you play at a festival last year. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's funny, like I, getting people on the show is like such a, not a, not a chore, but like schedules are always so like weird and everything. And then I was super stoked that you were you became available like pretty quickly because usually it's a I'll put a line out you know I'll mm-hmm. be like hey I'd love to have you on the show and they'll be like cool I'll circle back in <laughs> six months when right. like I might possibly be able to like but uh and then you also told me that you drive by my house on your way to work it's every true day. yeah <laughs> so I was like oh okay you know because that's the other could thing could have been it's, as easy as ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that is very very easy so I'm super stoked that it worked out and uh I I guess what we want to do, uh, we were talking a little bit before we got going, is that we're just having a conversation because we've never actually met. It's true. Um, we've, I guess, digitally communicated through like Instagram and yeah. stuff. And again, I've seen you play. Um, and we've never actually met until about 10 minutes ago. Yep. So <laughs> we're going to get to know each other and the the audience is going to gonna be along for the ride. So I guess I want to go back to, you know, when you decided that like music was your thing yeah um well it's funny because I like the banjo just kind of happened by accident you know like I I chose the banjo for no particular reason I needed two extra credits when I was a senior at Skidmore College and I was like okay I can take banjo lessons that's cool um the like I think the reason I chose the banjo I can't even fully remember like I just started listening to bluegrass and I was like oh bluegrass is cool yeah, sure. I'll take banjo lessons. Did not like think anything of it. Had no idea about like, you know, the entire folk world. And, you know, even with the banjo, I didn't even know that there were other styles other than bluegrass. Um, so, you know, I started taking lessons with uh, Trish Miller. Um, she is an old time musician from Greenfield, New York. Um, her and her husband, John Kirk, kind of play all over the place. Um, but she never actually taught me bluegrass. She's teaching me claw hammer and tell me all about these like old time fiddle tunes. And I was like kind of pissed off about it. Cause I was like, <laughs> I, like I want to learn how to like shred bluegrass. Never learned it because she t- does claw hammer. Um, and again, I had no idea that like old time music was a thing. Right. You know, I just kind of thought like bluegrass banjo and you know, uh, there's an entire other world that like predates bluegrass. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it stuck with it just because I thought that fiddle tunes were kind of fun to play you know eventually bought myself a banjo um and yeah just kind of kept playing around um and then then I started I realized I could sing with the banjo like one day I like I learned um the song Say My Name by Destiny's Child (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) because I love me some early 2000s pop and R&B music (laughs) um so I was like oh you can like sing and play this so you know, that kind of started everything. And then I started going to open mics and, you know, uh, that uh, the the one that kind of stuck with me was the Cafe Lina open mic. Um, I went there and, you know, I was terrified at the time, but, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I really enjoyed it. So started going there, started volunteering there. Um, you know, I was like there every week waiting tables. And a couple weeks later, I got um, offered a job there, actually, as the house manager and marketing manager. The only qualification I had at the age of 24 was that I liked the banjo. Had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> like, but yeah, I started working there. Um, and after about two weeks of working there, you know, I'd never thought about writing songs. It wasn't really my thing. Uh, but after two weeks of, you know, just being at a show every night, 
I just kind of came home and wrote a song right? because you just like soak it up. It's so funny because I, I had Reese on, you know, yeah. a, a few episodes back and like he basically said the we, same, we have you know, the exact like, same help. origin story. Yeah, we can't like, help it. We like, also like we him and I both took banjo lessons at Skidmore oh, no with Trish Miller. <laughs> nice. And that's how we ended up at Cafe Lena like him and I. And so you never had a guitar bass or anything. You, went you know, right I tried to... to play the guitar when I was in high school. My hands are really small and I just like couldn't like the chords were too hard. Like, so it didn't stick. I played a little violin when I was a kid, but like, again, nothing like stuck. But yeah, for some reason, I guess like the fact that I only have to note four strings. like Well, that's I mean, that's why I because I acoustic guitar was primarily my instrument. Yeah. But, you know, when we decided to make a punk band. Yeah. You know, I was 48 years old when we decided to do this. I switched to bass just because same thing. Yeah. I was like, I can't play electric guitar because that's, you know, I just can't can't do it. Yeah. Um, So knowing nothing about the banjo, but like, you know, again, I've play acoustic guitar yeah. but what's the what are the string because i noticed like that little there's the little stubby string yep. and the, the so how is it uh tuned and what so are the strings it's like? tuned to open g um okay. typically like I, I because i play like this kind of old time style i do switch around tunings um but your standard banjo tuning is going to be in g that top fifth string um is tuned to g so it's it's a g d g b D. those are the strings okay. so yeah it's just a g chord um but at least for the style that i play again it's called claw hammer so like i what i do like my hand is literally like a claw so my like thumb is constantly hitting that top string so it's more for like you know holding rhythm um it's a more of a drone type I was of string just say, yeah yeah so wow. so that's what it's there for bluegrass banjos also have it um Obviously, they're not do- they're doing like finger picking, which is different. But at least for like claw hammer style, which again predates bluegrass banjo, that's kind of the purpose of it. Huh. And so, I mean, um, I saw Steve Martin uh, play at Troy Music Hall, yeah, and that's what he does too. The claw. He hammer, actually right? does both, which is cool. Right. Um, but but yeah, he that like he is kind of it's it's funny because there are these two camps. It's either you're an old time player or you're a bluegrass player. Not many people can kind of seamlessly go between both. Steve Martin is one of them. Danny Barnes is another one. Even like mid song, he can go from like. And are they that different of a technique? Yeah, like I can't, I can't play like a finger picking style because it's it is completely different. Because the like, I feel like the way that I play is way more like it's more like meditative. Like it's not as technical. Um, I feel like it actually sounds a lot more complicated than it is, but Clyhammer banjo is like pretty easy. I, I almost feel like it's like um, the way you're describing it would be like, you know, playing acoustic guitar or playing uh, nylon string classical guitar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you gave me a nylon string classical guitar, yeah. I'm just going to strum on it. It's going to sound like shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to I don't know how to play a yeah. classical guitar. It's a different style. Yeah, so I no, guess I, I couldn't. Context, um, and, and also just like the, the bluegrass banjos tend to have resonators on them. They have a different sound. I play an open back banjo. It's meant to have like not the twangy sound that like you expect with banjo. It's like a, a way like warmer, deeper sound. Um, it's meant to be like way more like rhythmic and melodic um, as opposed to, you know, like again, what you think of a banjo. Right, right, right. 
the uh, I think of dueling banjos. Right, which <laughs> is like, absolutely not what I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people see banjo and they're like, "Oh, you're a bluegrass musician." I'm like, "I'm actually not." <laughs> right. <laughs> I love bluegrass, but like I never learned. Yeah, totally. So you started working at Cafe Lena, and then that's when you decided to start writing your songs and realizing that you can sing, realizing yep. that you can sing and play, and. Like, how long did it take you from the time when, like, that, I guess that light bulb went off when you're like, oh, wow, I'm very good at this, to, like, when you started putting, because putting yourself out there with your own original stuff, like, for people that don't know, obviously, like, the open mic is such a, it's such a gateway to. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you don't have to be like, oh, I need a 45-minute set of music. Right. I need a like, you can go up there with a four-minute song right. and put it out there. And it it's, lets you know whether or not you want to pursue it. Because, I mean, that's, you know, a great way to be like, oh, that was terrifying. I can do better. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, that was terrifying. This is not for me yeah. type of thing. It's a... So if people are listening that are like, I want to be a musician, but I don't know how, go to an open mic and that's how. Yeah. Because you'll meet people, you'll get encouragement, you'll find that like people are encouraging there. But, yeah. Um, but to take that step to where you're like, now I'm going to do my own thing and put my own entire show out. Like what, how long did it take? before that happened it took a it took a while um i started working at the cafe in may of 2017 um you know i started writing songs probably in like june um and you know i worked at open mic every week so that was really where the performance kind of came from because you know at the end of the night i'd always try out a song or two um and you know it was always where i would like try out new things it was where i got comfortable performing um i think i like i played my first solo show like in 2018 it was for the gotta get gone festival which is like this folk festival in boston spa um i was it was like a young folk showcase and it was me girl blue and angelina valenti nice. but that was like the first you know that like they asked me to do it and i was like what because again i was like oh yeah i write some songs i play open mics but i didn't ever really think of like doing it myself so i did that but yeah the first like real set that i did was like february of 2020 like, again, I would just was writing. So it was like way more of just like a personal thing. And then I was offered a show um, at Rock Hill Bakehouse in Glens Falls um, in February of 2020. And so that was the first time I actually had to like come up with a set, right. um, you know, and, and actually like figure out what I was doing and what I was saying and all of these things. Um, so that was like the first show. But, you know, then the pandemic happens. Um, I actually had been working on an album like right kind of before that. Um, but it wasn't really to like become a performer. I just like had music and I wanted to record it. So I was working on that. It kind of got like, you know, put on pause because of the pandemic. Same thing with performing. Like I didn't even really start to perform again probably for like a year and a half. Like that because then I finished the album in the summer of 21, released it in the fall of 21. And that was when I really started performing. And did you find that like the pandemic because for a lot of, you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess I'm even like a, a, a pandemic baby as far as yeah. music comes. Cause yeah. like it, like being stuck inside the house, it forced me, per, you know, me personally to like, I needed something to focus on that yeah. was in my house and it just was mute, you know? So yeah. like, that's what started it is. I was like, all right, I'm 
doing so was that kind of the same for like, you where you were of, like but not like i had a really interesting pandemic experience because i worked the whole time oh, i was right, working right. at the cafe you know we were doing live stream shows but you know i was going into work every night um or i was working at home like you know so my life didn't really stop i feel like everyone kind of like got a pandemic break i didn't it was actually kind of insane so like i i was you know still writing the same amount of music it, but it wasn't really like a particularly like fruitful gotcha. time um you know, and then like I kind of came to a point like in the summer of 21 where we just hadn't been working on the album for like over a year. And I was like, oh, let's just like finish this thing. OK. Um, so. So, yeah, finally, like finished it. And that was really, I think, what like got me actually into performing because I'm like, OK, now I have an album because I think I was like waiting. I was like, I need to have something because like, you know, I worked in music marketing. I was like, I need something. I need like something to show for what I do, you know, or else no one's going to book me. Right. Um, so, so I was kind of waiting for that. And it even took me a while to like start to get gigs because I didn't even really believe I was a musician. You know, like I was like, oh, there's other musicians who have been out of work. This is their whole life. I'm not going to try to take that space. Um, you know, so I, I it kind of I was slow to get into it back in like, you know, the fall of 21. So, OK, so, um, you know, we you have your your banjo here and you've agreed to do a couple songs yeah. uh what what are you going to play for us first um i'm going to play take it easy which is the title track of my upcoming album it's a uh, it's my unapologetic rest anthem thanks <laughs> and when is the uh upcoming album coming out february 2nd february 2nd so i mean you know this this will come out like as we're recording it, it'll it come out next week yep. so it'll be so it'll be it'll be fresh. It'll be yeah, out, <laughs> yeah, very fresh, so you can go seek it. So I don't even have to say, uh, wait for it to come out. Yeah. By the time you're hearing this, it'll it'll be out. <laughs> so uh, let's listen to "Take It Easy" uh, live here in the Dazzle Den, Carolyn Shapiro, and then we'll be right back to talk some more with Carolyn. Thank you. 
So that was Take It Easy off the album of the same name, Carolyn Shapiro. And um, I guess why don't we talk a little bit about the recording process of the album. And, you know, at some point before the show ends, we'll let people know where they can find it because it's obviously out now. Yep. And, uh, so uh, tell me a little bit about the recording of that. So uh, I recorded it with Jim Mastriani, who's a good friend of mine. Um, he actually worked on my first album. Um, and I wanted to work with him again on this one, you know, just because... He's kind of been with me through this whole process. Um, and so when we were kind of talking about, you know, how to how to do it, we decided to kind of change up the recording process. So my first album was very much, you know, record to a metronome. Everything's tracked separately, um, you know, which was great. Uh, it all worked out fine. But we wanted to record everything live for the second album because ne- since then I've, I've started working with a really amazing band. Um, and you know, we have these beautiful arrangements of songs and, and there's just something about, you know, an energy of, of friends playing music in a room together. Yeah. And we wanted to be able to capture that, you know, we're like, okay, we could track this, but it would just kind of take away from that, I think. Um, so I think that there's like a rawness and an energy in this, this like collection of songs that doesn't exist in my first, um, compilation. So, so what we did was, um, you know, we, the band's in one room, I'm in another room, um, and you know we're all on headphones and record everything that way. And then I kind of went in separately later and, and did all of the vocals. Um, and it was amazing because the other kind of reason for doing it that way was I kind of I wanted it to be done kind of quick. You know, my first album it took forever because the pandemic, but also just like my own like ADHD inability to like <laughs> you know finish a damn thing. Um, so I was like, yeah, we want to get this done. Um, you know, it's been enough time since my first record. Uh, so, 
yeah it was amazing because we would record a song in like under an hour like we're wow. like we're like so tight and like know the song so well that it was just like you know we'd do like two takes and we're like all right I think we got it um didn't have to like redo anything so so it was great and again I think it it captures something that you know that you would find in like a live performance of just you know a bunch of friends playing and there, music there is something about that you know like because tracking separately is is you know kind of the norm right. like now but like you can always tell that yeah you can just tell there's that something about it when everybody's just doing the same thing at the same time yep. and it all comes together because there's and certainly when it's done like when you end the perform and you're like wow yeah like it's such a like rush to be like we did it you right know? We did, and we especially did it. when it's like the the instruments that we're playing you know it's kind of a traditional string band setup of banjo fiddle upright bass acoustic guitar and you know it's again there's just it, it works when it's together right. you know it's like just the energy of all of us playing so yeah it's pretty cool and it's like literal magic that you can uh, it has a permanence to it yeah. that you can go back and every time you listen to it and every time someone else listens to it you know they're gonna be able to tell rather than yeah. having something be you know tracked to a click i mean there's you know pros and cons to both oh methods. yeah i mean and, yeah there's it's definitely good to have a click sometimes yeah, yeah, especially yeah. when you like mess something up and you're like ah, oh, damn it it makes it like a lot harder but i get like the type of music that i play i think my like whole kind of vibe in general it's it's way more like you know organic and like messy yeah <laughs> so. and like um you know i mean my band is just a we're a, a garage band yeah. a punk band or whatever and like we've always every single that we've released has always been done to a metronome yep. and tracked separately and the new one is the first one that is is done exactly the way you said it like yeah where there's no overdub like other than vocal stuff but like everybody yeah. just like in a room did the song and then we're like cool yeah you know and the same thing too well it took us definitely didn't take us an hour but yeah like i think it took over like three hours we eventually got a take yeah we were like that was good and like, i mean that's like it's it's crazy because we were able to make this album in like less than a year you yeah. know i started recording this march of 23 so you know we finished the mixing process around christmas so you know it was it was quick which is great because i didn't want to be you know sitting waiting <laughs> right and how many tracks are on the album um, there's six tracks so it's an ep yeah but still like i mean and again anybody who's in a band knows the process is not quick yeah. and oh it's yeah not easy and, and like, like that's what's kind of great about working with jim is you know he's just a good friend and he actually it was funny because he um, decided to take the month of um, December and go ski in Aspen because nice. um, he's like you know I'm he's like I'm in my 50s now he's like I'm just he's like I want to just go enjoy myself so so he did that and the the purpose you know like he was still like working remotely and whatever but did that but the purpose was really to focus on you know skiing and mixing so he pretty much went to Aspen and mixed the whole record for me oh, wow. so it was great because he was doing it, you know, and, and it was, again, able to happen a lot quicker, I think, which I'm super appreciative of. You know, it. I didn't want to be sitting waiting two years for it. But, you know, again, if you're not the producer on your own album, it right. takes a while. So. And typically when you're working with producers, the, you're not their only client. Right. You know, it's not like. And he did have some other projects, but like this, his kind of main focus was this. So, yeah, we pretty much got the mixing process done you know in the month of december and then christmas when was when we were like all right we're we're done so cool 
Awesome. Um, so do you want to play another song? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, what are we going to hear this time? Uh, we're going to play River Meets the Sea, which uh, was the first single that I released. Um, and it's, uh, it's a song about the Hudson River. Um, I grew up outside of New York City in suburban New Jersey. Um, and if you know anything about suburban New Jersey, it's a pretty boring place to grow up. There's not much to do. Um, and I was lucky because I lived so close to the Hudson. Um, and... I had some really good friends that were the type of people that, you know, you could have fun doing absolutely nothing. You know, you could just be sitting in traffic and it's the greatest time of your life. So so this is a song about, you know, that river and, and my good friends. Cool. And it's called River Meets the Sea? Yep. All right. Well, let's listen to River Meets the Sea. It's uh, live here in the Dazzle Den from Carolyn Shapiro. Thank you. 
So that was River Meets the Sea uh, by Carolyn Shapiro live here in the Dazzle Den. So, Carolyn, I want to thank you again so much for uh, taking time out of your day to come out and uh, talk with me and play some songs. It's, like, really cool. Um, I uh, respect your work. So I'm stoked that this happened. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But before we go, I just want to do like I do with all my guests and give you a chance to say what I call your gratitude. So microphone is all yours. Well, thank you, Andy, for having me. Uh, it's great to finally meet you. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I feel like it's really funny in the music world. There's so many, like, we all, like, know each other, but we don't know each other. Totally. So it's nice when you finally get to meet someone. Um, so thank you. Um, yeah, definitely want to thank, you know, my amazing band, uh, Connor Armbruster on fiddle, James Gasquin on guitar, Una Grady on bass. Um, you know, they're amazing. They made the record just such a beautiful thing with their work. And, you know, Jim Mastriani, um, and, you know, everyone that's listened to my music out there and, you know, supported me along the way. Um, you know, like I said before, I kind of accidentally stumbled into being a performer. Um, and the only reason that it happened was just because of such a supportive community. You know, it's like we're super lucky here in the 518. There's like it's not like a weird competitive yeah. environment. Everybody is just kind of here supporting each other. And without that, I don't think I would have actually had the confidence to like go out there and do it so yeah it's 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 such a such a special place to be a part of so you know everybody that's listened to my music and you know come out to my shows it it means the world to me um you know it's uh I'm, i'm just happy to do it so thank you awesome so again carolyn shapiro i am andy scullin this is unsigned 518 we'll see you on the road Unsigned 518 is produced and hosted by me, Andy Scullin. New episodes are available every week wherever you stream podcasts. If you'd like to help support the show, please like and subscribe wherever you are listening. Or you could buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash unsigned518. If you would like to advertise on the show, send me an email at unsigned518 at gmail.com. And to be a guest on the show, reach out to me through Instagram at unsigned518. Take care of one another, and I'll see you next week.